Hi, welcome, welcome to the, the very first episode of Solidarity in the Stacks. I'm Saida. And I'm Sam. Sam's pronouns are they, them. They are a fourth year ethnic studies major and education minor from Pomona, California. Saida's pronouns are she, her. She is a legal studies and ethnic studies double major in her last semester at Cal and is from Hayward, California. Our podcast strives to bring awareness of the resources available for UC Berkeley students and the larger community. We'll be examining social justice issues from a historical perspective and engaging in thought-provoking discussions that highlight critical research and the radical librarians, activists, and scholars behind it. Before we dive in, we'd like to introduce the awesome staff at the Ethnic Studies Library. Hello, my name is Robert Toyama. I am the cataloging coordinator for the Ethnic Studies Library. I perform cataloging and classification duties at the library. These include the Asian American Studies Collection, the Chicano Studies Collection, the Native American Studies Collection, and the Comparative Ethnic Studies Collection. My name is Sina Wong Jensen. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm the Asian American Studies and Comparative Ethnic Studies Librarian at the Ethnic Studies Library. My name is Nathaniel Moore. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the archivist at the Ethnic Studies Library. Hi, this is Netta Salem. Acquisitions Coordinator and Circulation Services Team Leader for the Ethnic Studies Library. Yate, Sheya Melissa Stoner Yanisha, Hawathlana Nishle, Do Tachini Bashishin, Dina Adzani Nishle. Hello, my name is Melissa Stoner. I am the Native American Studies Librarian at the Ethnic Studies Library. Hi, I'm Lillian Castillo-Speed, Head Librarian of the Ethnic Studies Library. I oversee the work of the other five library staff, and I report to the Chair of the Ethnic Studies Department. I'm also the Chicano Studies Librarian, and I'm the Database Manager of the Chicano Database. Welcome to the Ethnic Studies Library Podcast. Each episode will be spotlighting a librarian or staff member to acknowledge the impact and importance of these people to the university and Berkeley community. We hope to help y'all become more familiar with the brilliant people who work at the Ethnic Studies Library. This episode's spotlight features the library's archivist, Nathaniel Moore. So my name is Nathaniel Moore. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the archivist at the Ethnic Studies Library. I think one of the things that led me to be an archivist was uh, both a passion for history as well as a desire to help preserve the voices of different communities and struggles that are often left out of the dominant historical narrative. 
Well, I think that my work at the Ethnic Studies Library uh, kind of has three main impacts to different communities, kind of student body community at UC Berkeley. Uh, I think a second impact is just preserving these voices. And so, you know, one of the reasons why these stories and the histories of uh, marginalized communities in the United States are not more a part of the dominant narrative is oftentimes, uh, you know, whether or not it's people's history being destroyed or whether it's not it's people's history being subjugated, uh, preserving that history and making it a part of how people can access the day-to-day understanding of their reality is super important to challenging that. And so I think that the work we do, especially around archives, and again, preserving the stories of these communities is uh, kind of an additional impact. And then, you know, I kind of see a final impact just as the personal inspiration um, that these materials provide for people uh, when they're able to access them. Shout out to Nathaniel for being our first Spotlight feature. Since this is our very first episode, we wanted to feature someone very special to the library that could also share a little history about the Ethnic Studies Library itself. That someone is Lillian Castillo-Speed. Lily is the Head Ethnic Studies and Chicano Studies Librarian. Some quick fun facts about Lily. She's an Aquarius and was born on February 15th. She's been a librarian for almost 30 years. And she's been recognized and nominated by Berkeley to be honored in their project 150 Years of Women at Berkeley. And now, before we jump into our interview, we want to share a quick PSA. Do you know where the library is? The library is located in the basement of Stevens Hall. The entrance can be found near the courtyard between Moses and Stevens Hall on the south side of campus, near the Campanile. The library can be accessed online at eslibrary.berkeley.edu where you can find information about the library's collections, publications, staff, and other resources. Hi Lily, thank you for taking time to join us today and talk about yourself and your career as an ethnic studies librarian. We wanted to start off by asking if you could introduce yourself and share a bit about where you grew up and went to school. Uh, good morning, Saida and Sam. Thank you for having me in this podcast. Yeah, I was born in East LA. Our family moved to uh, San Gabriel Valley when I was in about third grade. And we grew up in La Puente. Yeah, that was our uh, our neighborhood on La Salette Street near Temple. Went to Uh, La Puente High School. Lily became the first in her family to attend college. She was fortunate enough to receive an Educational Opportunity Program scholarship to attend UC Riverside, roughly 40 miles away from her hometown in La Puente. Like many first-generation college students, leaving home and living on campus was a big deal for her family. It was difficult to leave home and only visit her family once in a while, something that many college students can relate to. As students of color, Sam and I understand how one's identity can shape our experience at an institution of higher education. When asked about her experience as a Chicana at UC Riverside, Lily mentioned, Mainly I was just very much uh, interested in my studies, wanted to do well. I was the only person from my family that went to college. 
of, you know, of my brothers and sisters, you know, the first one. So uh, it was uh, something I really wanted to, to be successful at. So it was uh, trying to like do my best to succeed and not let people down. At the same time, there was all this turmoil going around, political turmoil, uh, social turmoil, because it was the 60s. For Lily, excelling in school was her priority. However, the political turmoil of the 60s could not be ignored. During the 60s, ethnic minority populations at UC Berkeley were beginning to grow. Students began to question why there weren't more books in the libraries or classes that reflected their experiences and those of their communities. Why there weren't more professors, lecturers, and teaching assistants willing to include their histories in the curriculum being taught. Lily explained how this led to the Third World Liberation Strikes of the 1960s, where students demanded representation in a Third World College run by Third World people. Although the Third World College was not created, the university established the Department of Ethnic Studies as a compromise with the students. The Department of Ethnic Studies later influenced the formation of the Ethnic Studies Library. In our interview, Lily emphasized the important role that students played in the formation of the Ethnic Studies Library. Along with all of this political organizing, students were gathering information on their own uh, about their own history, about uh, politics, about all the changes that were going on in the country. So the students did that. They uh, created reading rooms. And these were not official reading rooms. They weren't like, uh, you know, here's a, here's a building and here's your room to have your reading room. Uh, they set it up where they could, sometimes in professors' offices, you know, in their file cabinets, and they just start collecting things. They started collecting the papers that they wrote for their other classes. Uh, you know, this was before there were ethnic studies courses. And so in their sociology class or their English class, they would write papers on topics that were of interest to them and what they felt was being left out. And then they would start collecting those papers that they wrote. Eventually, these unofficial reading rooms led to small libraries for each of the three departments in the Ethnic Studies Library. These small libraries did not have librarians. They only had staff and work-study students to help keep the libraries running. Eventually, in the early to mid-70s, the libraries obtained librarians of their own. Lily was first hired as the temporary head librarian of the Chicano Studies Library and was permanently given the position in 1984. All three libraries were located in small rooms in Wheeler Hall and worked separately. In 1997, an opportunity arose to merge the libraries and house them in Stevens Hall. This led to the formation of the Ethnic Studies Library, where Lily became the head librarian. She, along with the awesome staff, played a crucial role in overseeing the transition. Later on in our interview, we were curious to know what had motivated Lily to pursue librarianship and made that career choice. Lily explained how she started off by volunteering at a high school library after graduating from Riverside, something she extremely enjoyed. She then became a library assistant and decided it was something that she wanted to advance and be better at. She was encouraged by someone to apply to library school and explains this eye-opening experience. So the campus had a library. I walked over there, walked in uh, at the front desk, there was a woman sitting there 
And I told her my, you know, my problem is that, you know, I wanted to take a, this course, but there, you know, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I want to get some training. And she said, do you have a bachelor's degree? And I said, yes. And she said, then you should go to library school. And that was the first time I thought about that or even thought that I could be the librarian, the person that had her office in, you know, and could close the door. <laughs> Not that I wanted to close the door, but, you know, it just seemed like that was um, unattainable. I hadn't thought about that. So I did, I did end up applying for several colleges, several university programs for library school. And um, when I got accepted at Berkeley, I, that was that was it for me. I just figured that's where I have to go to Berkeley. Throughout her career, Lily has been engaged in the modernization of libraries. When asked what this means for her, she expressed that automation and using the libraries as a tool for social justice played a large role in the modernization of libraries. Due to the pandemic, the Ethnic Studies Library is currently closed. However, our library's awesome librarians are available for reference appointments via Zoom. You can view their appointment availability by checking out the staff page on the Ethnic Studies Library website at eslibrary.berkeley.edu. See you soon! As someone who has spent a lot of time with the dope librarians at the Ethnic Studies Library, it wasn't until recently that I realized how white librarianship is. During our interview, we got to ask Lily about navigating the challenges that come with being a librarian of color. She spoke to the importance of having mentors who were also librarians of color, helping her along the way to learn about librarianship and even about herself. One thing I mentioned before is uh, mentorship. Um, my mentors, Francisco Garcia Ivans, Richard Chabran, I wouldn't be here now if it hadn't been for their support and just showing me how to be a librarian, but also with Francisco showing me the collection. And also he showed me this book by Sheri Moraga called Loving in the War Years. And that was like a a, a big change for, you know, when I read that book, that just really changed how I looked at my own identity and what I could do, you know, who I, who I was and what I could possibly do in this world. So, um, so that was, uh, so anyway, mentors, is very, very important. Lily also shared about her own work as a mentor and her recruitment efforts alongside UC Berkeley librarian and friend, Susana Hinojosa. Together, they worked to recruit more students of color into librarianship and mentor them. We talked about her work with Reforma, a national association affiliated with the American Library Association, whose work is aimed at making libraries and librarianship more accessible to Latinx and Spanish-speaking folks. While reflecting on the question of how she's navigated being a librarian of color, Lily shared an interesting point about being a librarian of color within the Ethnic Studies Library. It's different for me. I think I've thought about this 
Being a librarian of color for me is different because I'm in a library that's of color. I'm in a Chicano studies library where it's already assumed that, uh, you know, that's, that's my work. That, you know, it's not something, it's not like I'm in a, an institution where I have to prove the value of Chicano studies. Um, I'm in an institution that is Chicano studies and is, you know, ethnic studies. So, uh, it's different, you know, and I and I try to kind of see it from the other side, from another a person who is in um, a majority white um, institution and trying to be a librarian there and trying to make inroads and trying to make change, you know. So that is that's something that I've haven't had to do in that same way. Reflecting on our experiences with the impact of ethnic studies courses on the understanding of our identities, Saida asked how Lily's path to librarianship helped Lily understand her community and herself. Lily described the necessity of these courses for understanding her own self and the realization of the impact she could have because of the identities she holds. Yeah, you know what? I think basically what it came down to was once I knew more about Chicano studies and the Chicano studies library. I thought I could make a difference because of who I am, who I was, you know, if there was, if I was going to go into computers and libraries and stuff, I'd be one person among a whole lot of other people. And I would, you know, I would try to do my best, but for this particular role of Chicano studies librarian, I could actually contribute because of who I was. I thought I, I thought I, that was some unique thing. Oh, not unique, I'm not the only one, but I mean, something that I could do perhaps more than other people uh, to, to help with in that role. So, so that inspired me to do it. One of the things we hope to engage in our conversations featured on this podcast is the question of what radical librarianship means. We were excited to kick off this conversation by having Lily be the first person to share what that means to her. Her explanation went over some past and current projects, as well as some radical ideas that drive the work being done at the Ethnic Studies Library. Lily talked about the Chicano Indexing Project, a project that started with her mentors and is work that she continues today. According to Lily, the Chicano Indexing Project came out of Chicano librarians' do-it-yourself attitude when they came to the decision that they were not going to rely on mainstream reference books to include Chicano journals. When I walked into the Chicano Studies Library that fateful day, there was already a project going on uh, among librarians across the Southwest and that it had started like in the mid, in the late 70s, and it was radical. You know, I didn't realize, you know, I appreciate more and more as time goes by how radical that was. At the time, I, I hate to keep saying that phrase again before the internet, but <laughs> at that time, the way you found things in journals was actually to look up a reference book. You'd actually look through the pages and you'd look up a subject like uh, history of Spain or something or history of Mexico or something. And you'd look it up and then there'd be all these journals listed in little, little, tiny, tiny print, little journals. And then they'd say, you know, and the name of an article and an author in volume one, number two, et cetera, pages something. And then this would go on for p- tiny, thin pages, you know, these, these books. 
the thing about those books was that they had all these journals in them that were considered like the real journals or the academic journals or the standard journals or the scholarly journals. They didn't have any Chicano journals. And this was during the time of the Chicano studies movement or the Chicano movement um, when there was like this outpouring of, you know, um, articles, art, poetry, essays that came out in Chicano journals. And so these librarians that I mentioned, my predecessors, they put to, they decided that that needed to change. And so they created their own system, their own index, their own book with the tiny letters in it. And uh, they called it the Chicano Indexing Project. Saida and I also learned that the Chicano Studies Library published its own books. Another radical thing Lily mentioned was Chicano Studies students' refusal to accept the standard classification system set by the Library of Congress, and these students moved to adapt their own system called the Chicano Classification System. The students who created the system refused their materials to be pigeonholed under the standard classification E184 which was where Chicanos and other minority ethnic groups would be listed. These students, not librarians, created their own system and figured out how to use all the classes. The Chicano Studies Collection at the Ethnic Studies Library continues to use this classification system to this day. Aside from creating this system, students also worked to microfilm newspapers. This collection of Chicano newspapers was put together by students back in the 70s and is a collection that is widely owned by the academic libraries. Nowadays, Lily is concerned with the issue of accessibility that arises specifically from being in the internet age. She brought up the question of what the availability to access certain materials means to the people who are in or own the materials. Radical also... um Nowadays, okay, now we are in the internet age, um, and that brings up a lot of issues because now that things are able to be digitized and made accessible, uh, one radical aspect of that is thinking about what does that mean to the, to the people who, let's say, own the materials or the people who are in the materials. So that's been an ongoing issue lately the radical idea is that we do have to put restrictions on that and see what um, see if these are things that are respectful of the uh, customs or traditions and privacy of groups who you know have owned these materials or um, even if they haven't owned them that just that they involve them. So uh, making sure that everybody is consulted is radical and um, one phrase that Sina and Melissa and I use, uh, Sina uh, Wong Jensen and Melissa Stoner, who are the other librarians in the Ethnic Studies Library, we use that term, um, nothing about us without us, which is a very short way of, of summarizing what I just said, nothing about us without us being basically being involved or being consulted. When asked if she thinks the library continues to serve the purpose past students envisioned the library would fulfill, Lily said, Definitely our library, um, with the uh, 
the staff that we have, I have a great staff. I mentioned Sina Wong Jensen, the Asian American Studies Librarian, Melissa Stoner, the Native American Studies Librarian, Nathaniel Moore, the Archivist of the Ethnic Studies Library, Robert Toyama, the Cataloger, and Netta Salem, our Operations Manager. I think that we are, that they, you know, they will keep working on this. I'm not saying I'm going to retire, but at some point, the the library will go on without me at some point. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're on the right track. I really do. But the 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 other staff will have other ideas of what radical means. As part of a recurring closing segment, we hope to have on this podcast, we asked Lily what she was currently reading. There's a book called Cast um, by Isabel Wilkerson. There are parts of that book that are so moving. At the same time, it's also um, changes and brings in uh, ideas that I hadn't seen in that certain way. You know, there's a, it brings in a, diff- a whole different way of looking at things. It may be not new for other people, but for me, it was, it was new. And, uh, you know, I like to think that, oh, I'm in ethnic studies, I'm in Chicano studies, I know all this, I know all these things. Um, but yeah, the writing is so good. The author's ability to um, convey the injustices, but base it on, you know, on logic from history is just amazing. So I, re- I totally, re- I really recommend it. It will help with these times. Once again, we'd like to thank Lily for taking the time to share her experience and journey with us. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eslibrary for more information on resources and events. You can also check out the Ethnic Studies Library website at eslibrary.berkeley.edu to set up a virtual appointment with any of the amazing staff. This podcast was produced by the Ethnic Studies Changemaker Project. Thanks for listening.